Hey, how you doing? My name is Luke Such. I'm Scott Meinema. Uh, and today we are uh, continuing a little bit to unpack the sermon from this last week, talking about anxiety, talking about a bunch of stuff related to that. Yeah, I was thinking Sunday as you were preaching, just, you know, writing notes down, thought, oh man, that'd make a great podcast. I think we could unpack that more. And oh man, I wish, Luke, I wish you'd had more time on that one. And so here we are. We're unpacking, yeah. unpacking. Who knows? We uh, th- this could go. I don't know. It could go very well. It could be entirely off the rails, and someone will have to come save Scott and I from this train wreck. We'll find out. We'll find. Yeah, out. we will. So we were in Philippians four yep. two through seven. So if you missed it on Sunday, that was the text, and a few things came out. You're sitting there. Listen, this was not on our schedule originally. Scott said afterwards, "Hey, there were some things that we should uh, keep teasing out." I said, Great. Let's try it. Let's so see what ma- it is. So let's do this. Maybe yeah. take two minutes and just kind of do a, uh, if you can do a Reader's Digest two-minute summary of of the Sermon Sunday, just to remind us, and then for those of us who weren't there, maybe just a little bit of yeah. context for yeah. where we go from here. I think I can do that. Uh, so basically, if I were to give it a proposition, right, a, a one-sentence version of the sermon, it is, because you are in the Lord, you can have peace with others and peace within yourself. Mm. And it is, and, and the text keeps pointing you back to the fact that you're in the Lord. It is in Christ Jesus that these things happen. It, the Lord is at hand. Rejoice in the Lord over and over and over again. So there's that. And then I broke it down into two parts. Apart from that, that in the Lord part was the third point of the sermon. But two parts apart from that, that you're called to relational peace and you're called to uh, inner peace. So the relational peace happens in verses two through three. This dispute between these two women in the church of Philippi, and they're called to agree in the Lord. And then, uh, and Paul points to two things, the fact that they both labor for the gospel and that they will both be together in heaven. And that is his justification for why they should agree in the Lord. And then we're given um, three kind of commands that build up to verse seven, uh, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And those three commands are to rejoice in the Lord, to let your gentleness be known to all. And then in verse six, quite famously, do not be anxious about anything. So those three things kind of build together to this inner peace, and all of that is because you're in the Lord. So that's the quick summary. Hmm. Good. Okay. Well, you know, a couple of, I guess a couple of points we could jump off. I, I, I think one of these, we talk about anxiety. You you kind of touched on this even in your introduction that, and again, I'm not going to do it justice, but right, we statistically things are um, we're in a better place than we were 10, 20, 30 yep. years ago, then how is it that fear, worry, and anxiety can be at an all-time high? Why is it that, you know, there's more uh, psychopharmaceuticals being sold today than there was, you know, 5, 10, 20 years ago? Yeah, it seems we have a backward relationship with the stability and prosperity of the world around us and our own inner peace or lack thereof. Like they don't, they should be directly correlated and they're inversely correlated is what it looks like. That as we get more stable and more prosperous and, and more peaceful, somehow internally we get less peaceful. And and it's, it's just a weird, it's an odd thing to, to put together. So one of the questions that I think would be helpful to think through together is, you know, in the, in the text, there's an imperative, you know, uh, be anxious for nothing. Yep. And, you know, throughout the scriptures, God says, fear not, you know, be anxious for nothing. So 
it begs the question, is my anxiety sinful? When I, in other words, when I experience anxiety at some level, am I, am I in sin? Yeah. So <laughs> we were, we were just talking about this before we started hitting the record button and said, we got, we, let's just record this. Cause I, it's hard to think it through. Well, I want to say yes. And I want to say there are probably qualifications that would go with that. that. There may be times that anxiety is not necessarily sin, but I'm not sure that that's the, you, you were pushing back on that. And you know, at, at some level deep down is all anxiety rooted in a lack of trust of God. And I have a hard time finding a way that that's not the case. And so I, I want to say not necessarily is, is my anxiety sin, not necessarily. And then I think, but, but maybe yes, maybe at some level it is. So to, what you were pushing back with what, when I say, I don't know, not necessarily all anxiety yeah. is sin. What would you say? Yeah, I think there's, there's a couple of things that shape, uh, my thinking on this one is if if I was in if I told if I trusted God totally and completely right would I experience worry and anxiety would that if and again we were talking about this I I'm not suggesting that in my anxiety I don't trust God at all in fact I'd I'd argue like we talked about, I, I think for all of us, right, if the question was asked, do you trust God? We could all with very clear conscience and, and say, yes, I trust God. Yes. But what I'm suggesting is that in every in every person's life, in my life, in your life, there are areas where we struggle to trust God and we don't fully trust Him. So we have siloed our trust of God mm. and it, it, it exists completely, honestly, truthfully, in some areas of our life, but there are some aspects of our life that we have, whether intentionally or not, walled off and said, I trust myself on this. Is that is that too strong? I either, I, I don't think it's too strong. I either, I either trust myself or I'm looking to myself or I'm looking to others yeah. or circumstances for security or sure, for sure. whatever. And so, um, you know, when we, we were talking about this as well, when, when most people, when we think about trust mm -hmm. and we could be, we could say faith as well. Those, those words would be synonymous in many ways, right? Yes. So when we think about trust and faith, I think for a lot of Christians, we think about it in terms of salvation. Do you trust God? And we say, well, yes. And we don't hesitate because we hear it as though, do you trust God for your salvation? And the answer is yes, I do. And you may even be articulating that in really mature theological terms, right? That's like, right. I, I trust God for the imputation of Christ's righteousness to me and the imputation of my sinfulness to Christ at the cross, and therefore, yes, I have trust in God. Great. Precisely. And yet... Right. Yeah. And so we think about it in terms of salvation. We don't think about it in terms of our sanctification. We don't yeah. think about it in terms of when I get up in Monday morning and I'm experiencing some anxiety about what my day holds, that in, that, in those moments, I'm struggling to trust God. Um, and, and I'm not—so um, let, let me—maybe a personal example— um, 
number of years ago, I was in an MRI tube and I'd been in them before. And at this particular time, um, I experienced what was introduced to me as an anxiety attack. I'm laying there and I started thinking, what if I can't get out of here? And then all of a sudden I start sweating and my heart starts racing and I start screaming at the technician, you got to let me out of here. The guy comes in, turns the machine off. I said, what, what, what was that? And he said, well, you were having an anxiety attack. When, and what happened from that point on for, for over a year is all of a sudden like, it was like something clicked in me. And, and when I get on an airplane, I was, I was traveling every week. And I get on an airplane, and before they close the door, oftentimes I started having that same experience. And, oft, and there was a number of I had to get off the plane because I couldn't, I couldn't stay on it. And as I grew in my understanding of some of the things that we're going to talk about, and even in, in specifically with Scripture— I began to understand this. This isn't a. This isn't something I have. This is something I do. This is uh, and, and very closely related to trusting God and trusting His Word. And so maybe we can you know tease that out a little bit more. But I think that's I think that's the and, and again open to some you know disagreement on this. But I, I would suggest that worry anxiety is in you know is in some ways is, is sinful. And yet, as humans, we all experience worry. We all experience anxiety. Right. So, uh, in your assessment, again, when you say that, I, I think, is it sinful to have an anxiety attack over being in a tight space? <laughs> and I don't, I want, my instinct is to say, no, no, that's not sinful. And I, I think what you're challenging me on, and I'm having a hard time getting out from underneath this giant theological thumb, um, uh, in in a good way, I I don't know if at the root of that is a lack of trust of God for my physical well being. I don't know that I could articulate it in those terms, or that I ever would. And now, I, what I don't want someone to hear in this is be like, I struggle with anxiety, and I struggle with it so frequently that you're telling me I just live in sin constantly. Um, because I know I, I had conversations with more than one person afterwards on Sunday talking about this like call to do not be anxious about anything. And, and, and definitely in the context there, we're, we are talking about sanctification. I don't think Paul has in view, don't be anxious, trust in God that you are saved in right. Christ Jesus. Right. Much rather it is, you know, with the, the normal little day-to-day disagreements that you may have with another person, the struggles of the Christian life. Don't be anxious about those things. And the, the other, the famous text on anxiety has got to be Matthew chapter 5, where once again, it's it's don't worry about what you eat and drink. It's not don't worry about your salvation, that God is faithful and he will bring about what he promises. It's, it's are you worried about shelter? Are you worried about food? Don't be anxious. God will take care of you. Mm. And so, I, I mean, I, again... My instinct is to try to say, no, I don't think that's that's where I should go with that text or that understanding of anxiety. And yet, I I think my you're pushing back, and my Bible would tell me that I'm wrong on that. Would Would you agree? So, when you look no. back on that period of life, do you think it had a roots in a lack of trust of God? I do now. I didn't then. Mm. I mean, I would have. What brought you to I, that conclusion? I, I, I yeah, I would have. Uh, I probably would have passionately argued against that. How can How can you call that sin? That's that's so ins- that's so insensitive right, of you. Right. And I think, and I don't want anybody to hear it in, yeah, in those terms. Man, I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned it that way because this isn't a hammer over the head 
you you're in, sinners. You're in sin. I can't yeah. believe you struggle with that. I mean, the issue is, I think we're being honest about it, and it just shows how deep and wide sin goes. Mm. And it, it, we don't even think about it sometimes. But to answer your question, you know, it was it was a number of years that I fought that. And I fought it, I really fought it like I think a lot of us do. I fought it on the physical level because it was there was physical manifestation to it. I mean, right? I mean, everything I experienced was physical. So the sweating, the heart rate, the I got to get out of here, all of that was very physical. So in my mind, it's a physical, it's something I have. And so I need to, you know, so... It was, or, or even worse, something I am. Something I am. Yeah, I hear that language a lot. And it always bothers me. I'm, I am a diabetic. I'm like, no, no, you have diabetes. Yeah, that's not who you are. That is right. not intrinsic to you. Mm. It is something that, that, is outside, or, or really, what we're talking about is a lack of trust in God on anxiety. Well, and you're talking about identity, yes. right? And so, I mean, that's I am that, an anxious uh, right. person. No, you're not. But I and so I would yeah I agree with that. It it can become identity. I'm also saying it's unlike diabetes. When I talk, when I think sure, about the anxiety, design, yeah. it's not something I have like a because I thought it was like diabetes, like a physiological like, disease. Like or, I had an anxiety gland somewhere that somebody or, was oh something got out of whack with my anxiety or gland. something in my brain. Sure, I, I really thought something in my brain a switch had went off, and so whether it was a neurotransmitter. Whatever it was, there was something physiological that was causing it. Mm. And what helped me to begin to understand this was some of the things that, you know, we've talked about already on our podcast and, and even what maybe what we're going to talk about today. But I begin to understand that there was a, 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 a spiritual causation that I... So what I was experiencing physiologically was not caused physiologically. It was caused by the inner man but it was manifesting itself in the outer man. And so as I begin to, again, be introduced to just some of the scriptures that maybe inform and instruct this. So the idea, um, I mean, even in this text, we before we get done, we should look at even how this text gives us three or four points to deal with it. But I begin to, one, I begin to understand it was a battle for my mind. It wasn't a battle for the anxiety attack, because my goal was just, I just want to get rid of these anxiety attacks. I just want to be able to travel on an airplane and not have to get off. But as I began to understand that where my mind was going um, was where my emotions and ultimately physiologically where my behavior, where my feelings would go. And so I started taking inventory of what's going on in my mind in these moments. So when I'm experiencing that panic attack, what exactly am I thinking about? And and without, you know, taking a lot of time going into a lot of detail, I'll try to sum it up this way. I was consumed with me. Mm. Me was at the center. My safety, my my need to be able to, you know, get out of here. It was it was just the way the human you know the human heart, because of sin, has thousands of ways it can turn inward. And and that was one way for so so for example, I started thinking about, okay, I gotta take these thoughts captive because I'm making it all yeah. about me. And yeah. so scripture says, well, you know, um, Isaiah 26, 3, not that memorizing a verse is going to change everything, but it begins to reshape my thinking. Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you 
because he trusts in you. And I'm thinking, well, that one sits I'm, above your office door. That's the one that sits above my office door. Why? Yeah. Well, that's the backstory. Hmm. So, but I begin to think, you know, my mind is not fixed on the Lord in these moments. My mind is all fixated on me and what might happen to me and what, you know, it was just, and so in those moments, I knew I had to focus my mind on the Lord is with me. The Lord loves me. He's sovereign and good and nothing could separate me from his love. Another, another uh, getting on an airplane. So I'm thinking on those things. Then it was, you know, for example, love God, love others. So I thought, well, how can I engage others? And so instead of just, you know, crawling in myself when I get on a plane and start reading or doing whatever, I started trying to engage other people in a conversation and just getting to know them. And what was remarkable in those moments was that when I was thinking on the Lord and reminding myself of his love for me, of the gospel, of his presence, and I was engaging other people, you know what I wasn't consumed with? You. It was remarkable. And all of a sudden it was like, you know what? I just had one flight and there was no anxiety, zero. Hmm, I wonder if there's something to this. And then there was two flights and then three. And then, and then there was a bad one because I forgot. And then there was, <laughs> but, but, my, but the fight, you know, the fight wasn't physiological. The fight was spiritual. The fight was for what was I thinking on, how, how I had turned in, again, for me, the way I had turned inward. And mm. so... In that, for, so from that standpoint, I'm, you know, and again, I'm not arguing from personal experience. I, I hope we, we argue theologically, but that would be when I say the causation of the anxiety, which is physiological, is more inner man spiritual is yeah. the cause. So I could go through, because here's what I'm saying, there's all kinds of good techniques, physical techniques that help um, cope with anxiety, yeah. you know, breathing technique. I was taught uh, when I, in residence life, panic attacks are pretty common in college students. And so it was something you respond to quite frequently. Yeah. So I was taught a bunch of ways to help somebody work their way through yeah. that sort of, uh, oftentimes something physical. That's right. That takes your mind off of, yeah, those yep. types, yep. you know, find something with ridges on it and ask them to count the number, of, you That's know, right. run your fingers over it and things like that. Yeah, breathing. Yeah, I'm, and I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing any of those, but all I'm saying is, all, on their best day, their coping mechanisms, they never get to the root cause. And so I'd been trying all those coping mechanisms. And again, sometimes they helped. I'm, I mean, sure. but they never, they, they never, never dealt with the problem. They never dealt with the problem. So because the problem wasn't the yeah. problem, the anxiety isn't the problem. Yeah. The problem was the heart that I was bringing to the situation. All right. Tell me if I'm uh, accurately describing. Uh, you had, unbeknownst to yourself, had an idol of your self-well-being. And when it started to be challenged, it you didn't even know it was there. You had a, one particular frightening moment that challenged that uh, idolatrous view of self. And from then on out, you couldn't shut that off. Is it? And it revealed, again, I, I mean, over a course of years, uh, allowed you to see that you had made too much of your own personal safety and well-being and at the expense of trusting God. Is that a fair description? Yeah, I think that's... We should have led with that because that was a lot quicker <laughs> than, my, than my long no, story. No, I like your long story. <laughs> but that's, that's, I think that's exactly it, precisely right. what, what we're talking about. And I think it's at the root. In some way, I, what I would argue is that me is at the middle of all anxiety. 
I've never been involved mm. in, you know, in helping others. And again, um, I, and again, I'm not, <laughs> this is something I think that plagues a lot of folks, but I've never been involved in, in coming alongside anyone who, at, when you peel it all back, that somehow me is at the center of all. Now, pastorally, when I hear that story, when I hear you go through that, I, I am immediately drawn to 2 Corinthians 12 and Paul's thorn in the flesh. And I think that is a good gift from God that showed you something in your own sanctification journey that you could not have seen otherwise. And he used that anxiety sure, as a means of teaching you to trust and rely on him. Yeah, and showing me, yeah, on the flip side of that, right, is showing me how little I really trusted him. I may have trusted right, him for right. salvation, but, you know, and, and we could talk about, I, I remember growing up, the fear of losing my father. Mm. I mean, it was just constantly plagued me. Um, as, a, as, a, as a grandparent now, and even as a father, from time to, if I'm not careful, mm. that fear of, well, and, and again, I call it the what ifs. It, and we all do it. What if? What if? What if? What if something happens to my one of my sure. children? What if something happens to my grandchildren? What if I lose my job? What if the company gets acquired? What? What? And all of those what ifs are, in some way, faith issues. They're they're trusting God issues. I mean, God. We serve a God of what ifs. He's He's already written my future down. Yeah. He's. It's all written. Yeah. And. He loves me, and he wants his best for me. I can trust that. And yet, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like in John when oh, I'm trying to think of the passage. Lord, um, I trust you, but help my own belief. Yeah, Mark chapter nine. I'm Is a, that where, I'm, okay. I, I, I yeah. well, let me look that up. And make sure it's right. I believe. Help my own belief. Yeah, I yeah, believe. I love it. I think that's 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 our cry as Christians because we all struggle in some way to trust God. Yeah, and it and it works itself out in fear and anxiety. So, praise God for fear and anxiety because, as you as you point out, it helps me to see these areas of my life that I still have to surrender to Him. Hmm. Sorry, did get it right. Mark nine twenty three twenty four. Jesus said to him, "If you can, all things are possible for one who believes." Immediately, the father of the child cried out, said, "I believe. Help my unbelief." Yeah, yeah. No, I I think it's a good it's a good reminder. Um, and, and what I would, again, from trying to think about that in pastoral terms, when I hear that, I think if you're listening to this and you think, how dare you say that that struggle of mine that could possibly be sinful, I'd, I'd like to try and turn that to a much more positive way to look at that from a sanctification perspective and say, no, th- this is a sign, a, a marker from God of here's something you can grow in. Here's an opportunity for you to find new way, right? Again, I go back to 2 Corinthians 12, that, that the Lord's power is seen in his, your weakness. Yeah. And if you're willing to, to lean into that, right, his grace is sufficient for you, and all of a sudden it is so much more Christ that is made greater in your life and so much less of you that is dominating your, your thinking and your existence. I mean, it, it's still like catches me a little bit. So, I mean, it's just full disclosure. Um, when I hear this, I'm like, all anxiety has its root in sin, you know, 
a few weeks ago, my, my wife was coming home from something and we live in a place where there's uh, little to no cell phone service and we don't have internet at our house. It's a, it's a, it's really cool living in 1990. So just in case anybody wants to know. Um, and she texted me, but I didn't get the text that she wasn't going to be, she had to stop somewhere else. And it was like an hour past when she told me she was going to be home. And, and you have that moment where I start looking down and I'm like, I don't know what happened. And I, and I have no, you know, and I, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but your brain starts, you know, weather wasn't great. Your brain starts running through what, what scenario, you know, I'm all, all of a sudden I'm, I'm a widower and I have gotten raising four kids on my own in a matter of like two minutes of thoughts because I, I was worried. I was honestly worried. You were, and your mind went to you. Well, it did. It did. Um, obviously it was for her too. It you wasn't, were sincere. It was, yeah. I, I mean, that was just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't stop it for like every five minutes would tick by and I'd look down and be like, she told me she was going to be home an hour ago. And yeah. I, what, what happened? And it, it ended up being nothing. She was literally up at my brother's house who lives up the hill. She stopped by to talk to somebody and she texted me, Hey, I've got to stop and talk to your sister-in-law for a little while about something. And I didn't see, I didn't, I didn't come through. It was an absolute nothing burger. But when I think about that and go, was that, I, I don't immediately recognize that as sin. And maybe I need to, maybe I need to like contemplate, is there a sinful disposition in me towards the control of my life mm. that I, I'm not recognizing? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm still struggling with it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I'm like all the way there. I'm still trying to think of a way to get myself out from underneath that. And maybe I need to just say, nope, that, that is the spirit of the Lord convicting. It's possible. I don't know. You know, and. So it's interesting, even, you know, even in the text, uh, when we talk about, you know, maybe how to, how to fight, it's interesting that he says, rejoice in the Lord. I think there's, I think there's a, a couple of things here we could just unpack. More, yeah. But, so there's some tangible help in this text. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So he's not just saying, don't be anxious, but it's interesting. Yeah. It's not just don't do it. Just yeah. relax. Why, why are you freaking out? Stop freaking out. Just relax. No, here's how. Yeah, yeah. He says there's there's four things. He says rejoice in the Lord. Yep. Know that He's at hand. Pray with thanksgiving, and then I think you know. Um, spoiler alert: coming this Sunday, um, think on right things. Yeah. And you know it's interesting how many times, just on a couple of those, the idea of the Lord is at hand. How many times throughout Scripture the Lord reminds His people as they worry. Um, and as they're faced with difficult circumstances and they're faced with what ifs, he says, he says, like, I think it's Isaiah 41, fear not, but he doesn't just say, don't fear. He said, for I am with you. Yeah. You see, that for me was a big part of thinking on what was, well, coming up in, in verse eight, things that are just and true and pure and lovely and good. The Lord is with me. Hmm. The Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. I, I have to remember the Lord is is whatever I'm going through, He is with me. And that was a message to His people throughout the, the storyline of Scripture. Fear not. Not because you're not going to go through difficulty, not because yeah. you're not going to experience all kinds of hardship, but because I am with you. And... I, uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've done that one uh, quite a few times out of Genesis 16, the story of Sarai and Hagar. 
And the the mind-blowing truth in, in that text, right? This is written by Moses to Israel at the foot of the mountain Sinai, getting ready to go into the promised land. They have Egypt in their rearview mirror, and then there's this young Egyptian girl in Genesis 16, and Sarah hates her, and she runs away, and God sees her. And it's just like, this yeah. is this yeah. is a mind-blowing yeah. thing to Israel, that like, the angel of the Lord says to her, I will multiply your offspring, they cannot be numbered. And I, I know there's a lot of other things going on here, but she, she looks at that, and verse 13 of Genesis 16, so she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, you are a God of seeing. Hmm. And and that idea that like the Lord is with you, the Lord sees. Or I could go to I could go to Exodus three and see that the Lord speaking to Moses from the burning bush, and he says, "I have heard the cries of my people." And like, and and that is essentially what happens in Philippians four. He invites you, and I I, right, I made this point on Sunday. Like that, this is a mind blowing thing to me when I stop to think about it. He invites you to bring to him all of your petty little needs, and they are they, comparatively right. All of our needs are petty when we think about it on God's scale. And yet he says, bring it to me. Bring it to me. Ask with what, ask whatever you need. Bring it to me if you're struggling through that. Come and ask. And so, I, again, I, really tangible aspects of this. I don't know that I can control the instinct of fear, the instinct of, of doubt. Like I, I don't know that I have the ability to shut that off in this sinful world. That being said, maybe you do. I don't know. Um, that being said, I do think I control what I, the next thought. Like sometimes fear creep, like you know, creeps up on you, if you will. But if I go to verse eight in Philippians four, I I choose what I do when it shows up there. I, that is a conscious choice where I go, oh no, I I can I can intentionally drive my thinking to the God who sees, the God who hears, the God who is with me, the God who holds all things, the God who knows my needs and hears my needs. And I can, I can lean on that and fight against my anxiety with a trust of God. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I'm there. The only thing I'd, I'd maybe lean into a little bit and I even hesitate leaning into it because I think the point you made is so good. I do think we have some control, you know, fear, worry, is an emotion, and that emotion isn't random. It doesn't come out of nowhere, in a sense. It's connected, I'd argue, to my thinking and, and how I'm interpreting my situation, my circumstances, my relationships. And so um, the, the, I, the emotion of fear, that, that may very well sneak up on me, but as I begin to diagnose it, I go back and I start thinking, about, okay, what was I thinking about in that moment? And was I thinking correctly about it? Was I thinking biblically about it? Yeah, yeah, no, right? no. I think that's fair, and I, I wouldn't dis- dispute any of that. What I, I think I would say is, I'm never able to fully root out, and when I'm still a person with two natures within my chest, right? I have, I have a flesh and I have a spirit, and they're warring against each other. And there will be times when the flesh sneaks in on things that I, I wasn't able to realize. Yeah, yep. So I, and living in True. the, I mean, we're, uh, well, <laughs> maybe uh, I was going to say we all, and, and realize that's probably too broad for whoever is listening to this, but I'm not, I'm not Methodist. So I don't think that I will be able to get to a place where I no longer sin. And so because of that, because I think that sin, I, I'm never surprised by sin in myself, never surprised. 
because because that's who I am. I, I am I my default mode is sinner and and yet forgiven by Christ all the way through. And so when that sinful disposition, yeah, I still struggle with things like that and all of a sudden fear anxiety creeps up. Can I respond to it properly? And I, I completely agree. Can I actually go before and get to the place where I'm able to trust the Lord so that it doesn't creep up on me? I, I think you can on a lot of things, yeah. but I, I don't know that I can ever eliminate it from ever showing up anywhere. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you yeah. could get really, really good at it. I love what Jerry Bridges said. He, you know, we're just in this idea of talking about trust, faith. He, he says, trust is not a passive state of mind. It's a vigorous act of the soul by which we choose to lay hold on the promises of God and cling to them despite the adversity that at times oh, seeks to overwhelm us. That and, is great. Uh, and, in fact, you know, his, his book on trusting God is one of my—we uh, may have talked about it in resources yeah, perhaps, have. but um, really, really a helpful book in thinking through some of this that we're, uh, that we're talking about. Hmm. Well, the um, so if someone's struggling with anxiety, we didn't. I don't know that we completely uh, teased out this this verse, but the four things: rejoice in the Lord, know He's at hand, pray with thanksgiving, and meditate on right things. You know, one of the things as you were preaching Sunday, maybe you can comment on this. Is I think for a lot of us that that deal with worry anxiety, you know, the what-ifs. I look at this passage and it says, rejoice in the Lord. That's kind of a active imperative. Yep. Um, pray with thanksgiving. I, I have to ask myself, how do I pray? I'm going through a difficult time. I'm going through a dark time. I'm going through some real uncertainty. Uh, maybe it's an unwanted diagnosis. Um, maybe it's the loss of a job. But I feel so hypocritical going to the Lord and saying, thank you, or I'm going to be joyful because it just seems so disingenuous. How, how can I do this and be genuine, be, you know, have a clear conscience? What does that look like? Well, I, I, at least that one piece, don't be disingenuous. So if you don't feel joyful, don't say you are. All right, I, I never suggest that. And then you just like lie about it. Um, and on the other hand, uh, fight to be joyful. And by that, I mean, again, we can go back to the same things. Focus, can you train your mind to sit in not what is causing the discomfort or the struggle, but the hope that you have that transcends the struggle? And is there an ability with thankfulness, right? I suggested on Sunday, if you think about prayer rightly, thankfulness will just happen. Like you were just allowed to go before the throne of the almighty God. Like there, I don't know if you've ever gotten to like go to some important event or meet an important person. Like there, there's a, a thankfulness just involved because it's such an immense privilege, right? To, to sit... If you, if your boss, you have a hard time, you work at a big corporation and you, you know, never get any FaceTime with your boss and he sits down and says, Hey, why don't you and I go to lunch? You're like, Oh, great. Let's, you know, like there's a, there's like an immediate thankfulness just for the, having the ear of the person who makes decisions. So like the, the very act of prayer, when we think about it rightly, 
should help us find thankfulness. There's all kinds of things like that where I can go and say, if I'm thinking well, I can find things to be thankful for. I, I mean, again, with the, the suffering, I mean, James's prescription is going to be, you should be joyful because just like what we've been talking about, suffering helps us grow. Yeah. And I think that's, I think there's a couple of keys in what you said. That one, I'd start there, is that I can genuinely be thankful because I know that a God who loves me, who is all wise, yes, sovereign and good, is using this in some way to conform me to the image of Christ. I, I can be thankful for that because I want to become like Christ. I don't want to go through the suffering yep, yep. that takes me there, but I can be thankful for what it's going to produce. So I can be thankful for that. That's the actual, you know, the not cliched way to see Romans 8, 38 and 39. That's right. That, that God is using all things together for the good of those who love him. Yeah. I, I, Spurgeon has a great line on this that I, I'm always thinking that he, I've learned to kiss the wave that slaps me against the rock of ages. Mm. And I think of that. <laughs> he, he oh, can, man. He can turn a phrase. Um, <laughs> That's good. A, a, a wave, if you've ever been at the ocean and been caught by a wave and it throw you down, like you're in for some pain. Like it doesn't matter how big or strong of a person you are, the ocean takes no prisoners, right? And so... But, but I love it on the the word image that he crafts there. I've learned to kiss the way, like on the front end, I know it's about to slam me down. Whatever mm. is coming is going to hurt. Mm. But I also know that what it's going to hit and throw me against is the rock of ages, right? Yeah. So that suffering, that trial, that difficulty is going to push me closer to God. And so I am great. I actually am thankful and joyful for the trial. Yeah. And and man, that is a big order. That is a lot of spiritual maturity. But can you, even for a moment, can you find a way in your mind to see there is a greater glory and outcome to this hardship yeah. for my faith yeah. that God is using to grow me? And for that, I say, I praise be to God. That's I right. am joyful. I'm thankful for the hardship. That's right. Even in, and, and to add to that, in this text, mm. the, the Lord yeah. is at hand. The yeah. fact that Whatever it is I'm going through, I know, I know the Lord is with me. I can be thankful for that. The joy, I think the joy largely, the fight for joy is to take my eyes off of my circumstances, to take my eyes off of my what-ifs, yeah. and to put them on to the God of my circumstances, the God of my what-ifs. It, 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 it's to... Think on, again, this is what, verse 8, but to think on the gospel, to get intoxicated, to become controlled by, oh, my name is written in the book of life. Right. The creator of the world yeah. loves me. I mean, and as I'm thinking on that, there's joy. And I'm still in my, my circumstances haven't changed, but I'm finding joy. I can be thankful, but the fight the fight is for the mind. The fight is taking my eyes off of my circumstances and my situation, and 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 that's the fight of the Psalms, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, anyway, I'm kind of looking at the clock. I think we're uh, this is the solid ten minutes over what we normally yeah. do. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, anything else we need to say on this? Well, there's probably a lot more we need to say on. Well, it, but, that's uh, true. Keep fighting. Fight for joy and. Look at that, the, the, the question about anxiety. Man, 
again, please, please don't take it as a, a finger wagging, uh, oh, but rather yeah. as an opportunity for us to say, all right, uh, test Second Corinthians 13, 5, test yourselves regularly to see if you're within the faith. Do, do the hard, introspective work. Do, I mean, Romans 12, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. And, and be willing to say, dig deep and find, is there something in this anxiety that is there because I'm not trusting in God? I'm still not sure I'm ready to go all the way to say every time I'm anxious, it's, it's a result of sin. I'll have to keep thinking about that. Yeah, we'll, have a, we'll have a follow-up podcast when you make up your mind. Oh, is that, <laughs> is that how that works? I look forward to that day. Uh, until then, thanks for being with us on this one.